This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as special guest co-host this week, who are you? Hi, I'm Andy. Andy! Yeah, there it is. Andy Sell is here. You you will know why I addressed him that way if you listen to Pod the Life or Heart Shaped Pod or Podcast Supernova or any of the other music-related podcasts. <laughs> is that we've all done. of them? Have we done Heart Shaped Pod? Oh, oh my God, we forgot $3 Pod, y'all. Oh, yeah, we forgot the, the <laughs> podcast that started it all. The best the, one. The Limp Biscuit $3 pot. And here's the thing. You don't have to like any of those bands to like the podcast. What you're tuning in for is just the natural raw chemistry between myself, Andy Sell, and Travis Clark, who, if I'm being honest, we should have had Travis on this too. Oh, I look, anytime we're talking and Travis isn't here, I, I feel the absence. You know what I mean? We'll get him on one of these because he's a UFO guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, he has to be, right? He's, he look goes to him. the desert so fucking much. He's got to be a yeah, UFO guy. Yeah, he goes guy. out to Joshua Tree. He drives a Tesla. He listens to Queens of the Stone Age. Like, if he's not a UFO guy, I don't know who he is. He drives a Tesla? Yeah, doesn't he? Wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I, we haven't talked to him in a while. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't <laughs> talked to anyone in years. So we're doing a very special episode. There's actually going to be a bunch of these episodes, but unlike the Jonestown thing or the Paul Wellstone series, I'm not going to do them all back to back because honestly, I get kind of bored after like seven or eight episodes about the exact same thing. I need to mix it up. And there's just so much of this. There is so much. I mentioned on an episode of Unpopular Opinion a couple weeks ago that as part of the most recent COVID stimulus bill, it was demanded that all of our intelligence agencies, we have 16, by the way, people, Mm -hmm. all of our intelligence agencies have to release whatever files they have on UFOs. And against all odds, the first to the finish line, probably because there's no way this is all of their files. The CIA. Wow. Hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner, CIA, come on down. I did a bar show once and they had a winner, winner, chicken dinner on the menu and also a winner, winner, chicken sandwich. I thought that was funny. (laughs) How do you tell the difference? I mean, (laughs) well, obviously one's a sandwich, but like. It was just funny. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> by the way, I do want to say also real quick, I loved that episode. I loved it. I oh, loved yeah. Anytime I get to listen to Joe and Olivia, it's a great day. Yeah, it was it was a very good episode. And we briefly touched on some of what we're talking about, which is those CIA UFO files. Anybody shocked by the CIA being the one with the most? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> And they're the weirdest. I guarantee no matter what we get from any of these other intelligence or law enforcement agencies, these are going to be the strangest files because it's the CIA. They're like, 
they're the secret lab intelligence agency. They're the ones that go down in bunkers and do weird shit and see what pans out. So, of course, they're going to have they're the, ones the that weirdest were hiring UFO Nazis files. after World War II as well. So A Nazi basically founded the CIA. <laughs> and at the CIA's launch, they were about 50-50 SS and American Office of Strategic Intelligence, I think, was the precursor yeah, the to the o- CIA. OSI. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the OSI. Who who are mentioned? The <laughs> OSI, bunch, I think, in these documents, which is fun, come up a lot. I mentioned on that Unpops episode that I haven't read every one of these documents word for word, but I have at least looked at every document and I have them arranged in folders by like topic. And then when you get inside the topic, there's like sub folders. I have one for sightings. It's there's There's, a lot to dive into. There's so much. And there's also like these documents are also like full of proper nouns. So anytime one of those comes up, I'm just like, you know, I'm old enough that I have had to do research without the Internet. But also my Wikipedia diseased brain is like trying to click on proper nouns in these documents. (laughs) Like, okay, so I'm like writing them down. Like, I got to look these people up. I got to figure out. Oh, yeah. Like, who was Captain E.J. Ruppelt and what was he doing at Wright Field, man? And I'm going to find out. Yeah, there's even one of the episodes we're going to do. I think actually the next episode in this series, at least, we're going to talk about the two people that these files seem to be the most concerned with, which are a guy named Dr. Leon Davidson and a guy named Major Daniel Kehoe of the U.S. Marine Corps. And those two really got under the CIA's craw in the 40s and 50s. It's fascinating. And these files, it's kind of hard to make sense of them. Like if you read them, they kind of go in chronological order, but there'll just be bits and pieces of things that are in some documents. It's like that memory game where you flip over the card and you go, okay, the grapes are there. Okay, the grapes aren't there, but the grapes are there. I'm going to look for the grapes. (laughs) Where are the grapes? A lot of times with documents like this, this isn't where the context is. Right. You know, it's it's kind of you have to know what you're looking for sometimes with these things, because these guys like they weren't putting the context in documents for the most part. Like they would, you know, they would have their meetings at, I don't know, whatever the Langley equivalent of the Hellfire Club is. <laughs> where it's just, you know, they're drinking scotch and smoking, yeah. like, you know, confiscated cigars from Cuba, like just talking about like, hey, I mean, although this is before that, but like, hey, I don't know, Wes, I got the <laughs> I got that paper you your girl sent to my girl and looking over it i don't know what it means and then you know wes is like well tom okay let me just explain so you know like last weekend when we were hunting those you know homeless teenagers (laughs) you know with those crossbows that craig got the good deal on you know how he was talking about like well we need we need more fear we need people to be more afraid (laughs) you know i I'm not a big picture guy okay like i don't know how to make that happen per se i'm not invested in the end game really but you know my little thing is i can kind of help make people afraid and i was just you know i was watching some ufo movies and uh, you know they scared the shit out of my kids so <laughs> you know i think we can apply this to the like, that they they talked context in like meetings right they didn't leave paper trails for context a lot of the time yeah that is what we're talking about is how in those early days, the, the CIA was really interested, not so much in what these things people were seeing in the sky were, but how could we use them for our own 
benefit? How can we manipulate and control them? And basically, they wanted to use them for psychological warfare, which is, we'll get to it, but that's a very interesting (laughs) detail given the history of conspiracy theories since then. It's also funny how it gets there, kind of, too. (laughs) Yeah. But even before that, it's really obvious from these files that our first thought upon seeing flying saucers and UFOs was, oh shit, this is probably Russia. We were obsessed with the idea that this was Russia. I mean, it was the fifth, like everything Russia did, it was, well, Russia's evil. So if there's something we don't know about, they're probably behind it. It was just like constant Russia, 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 you know, like the Brady Bunch. I mean, that's why we teamed up with the Nazis in the first place was because we had a common enemy in (laughs) communism. Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. So interestingly, one of the things we seem to be especially worried about were the times when Russia didn't talk about UFOs because we, of course, monitored. And when I say we, I mean the CIA, but it's going to get it's going to wear you out if I just keep saying the CIA over and over. So understand I'm talking about America when I say (laughs) we. Yeah. Well, in the for this first document wasn't even really about the CIA. It was about the that Air Force office too. Well, which one? The so it was the what is it? The Air Technical Intelligence Center. Oh, at right. Right field that was like just this small. I mean, the the whole first document that you showed me is kind of like you know it's mostly just like all right, we're getting a lot of these calls. The the only people taking these calls is this small office run by like five people, and this guy's a reserve, so it's not even like yeah. you know anybody's looped in. And my favorite part of that too was the guy. What's his name? Yeah, Captain EJ. Ruppelt, Ruppelt. Yeah, like I did. I did add. I I have stuff about that in the notes, but I added more documents at the top. So oh shoot, okay. right now we're talking about two different. Oh wow, all right, documents. sorry, <laughs> my bad. There's one document. It's the the second link. We'll link to all of these. You can download them and read oh, them for yourself. This is the really redacted one, right? It's super duper redacted, yeah. and there's one paragraph at the end of page three, the only section that's not redacted, and it's about a discussion that someone who's obviously a CIA asset or informant or agent is talking to an employee at the U.S. Forecast Center, and it kind of seems like they both work there because he says on one occasion is how mm-hmm. this story starts which makes it seem like there have been several conversations and like no one's just loitering around the U.S. forecast center. <laughs> in- Not my girlfriend works there. I'm just hanging out there all the time. <laughs> I don't trust her. I sit out in the car. <laughs> Look, she's got this guy, this guy, Mitch, who, who works with her and she says he's gay, but I don't know. I don't know. I think he's trying something. <laughs> So whatever the case, the conversation is just him asking this other employee if they've ever had to deal with UFO sightings. And he replies that at one point, two departments, which names of which are both redacted, had been plagued with calls and questions about UFO sightings, but that the calls stopped and half jokingly, that was a quote, half jokingly surmised that someone must have made a political decision that UFOs were not to be cited anymore. And for some reason... That last sentence is underlined. Right. (laughs) And that's the kind of shit you have to look for. Exactly. Those are the things that are like, oh, wait, this seems pretty dry. But what, whoa, 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 what is this? Yeah. What are, why is that underlined like that? Because if you just look at these documents as individual things, most of them won't make any sense. But you have to fish around for those little clues. Like that, because early on, we were able to explain like 70% of the UFO sightings 
that came our way. But that still leaves like 30% that we couldn't explain. And right from the beginning, there is zero suspicion that this is aliens. You don't see aliens mentioned anywhere in these early documents. And it could just be because they're about UFOs, but it's also mostly about Russia. Like it is all Russia at Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And the thing that comes up later is what they were concerned about. And when we get into the report that Andy mentioned earlier, one of the things they are worried about is this idea that Russia was doing this and that's why they weren't talking about it in the press. We felt like if this was being done to the United States by someone who wasn't Russia, Russia would be in the media making fun of us about it. But yeah, they're not. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, because they're not like stupid Americans baffled by impressive Soviet ship or whatever. Like, yeah, Yeah, then it's like, oh, then that's fishy. Yeah. And it I mean, it kind of is because they do have a lot of Russian newspaper reports and whatnot in these files and They do take some swipes at us, Andy. I'm not going to lie. Nah, come on. They love us. Why? Why would they? (laughs) (laughs) One of the earliest and most fascinating documents is a newspaper report that appears to have been published in Greece, France, and maybe Iran. It just says Persian. And it's about how the Nazis started designing flying saucers in 1941. And by 1945, they were ready to move forward with production. But as the war was coming to an end, they realized they were going to lose. So they ordered all of these plans and documents about UFOs to be destroyed. But those orders didn't get to one of these labs in time. And the Soviets were able to get those documents, and they had been working on building flying saucers ever since. According to the plans, these crafts were capable of flying up to 4,000 kilometers per hour, which is 2,485 miles per hour at our current exchange rate. I don't know what it was back then. I I don't mean to scully your molder or mm-hmm, anything, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it does seem like I do want to know more about this story oh just like one site seems you know oh there was only one site left seems a little convenient but i mean whatever i i want to like learn more about where this comes from because this is like this is super compelling it is and the the names in it if you look them up they're they're real names and it's not presented in a sensationalist way the tone of it it doesn't read like the national enquirer or something Mm -hmm. and it's in the cia's files so they they wanted to save it for some reason it was in their scrapbook and it i think it's because they were worried that flying saucers were the russians yeah and i mean also 2485 miles an hour is nuts that is very, very fast. Yeah, one of the documents we'll talk about on another episode involved plans for a UFO that we were having Canada build for us. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it like was supposed to be able to climb to like 102,000 feet. And in this document, they're like, yeah, we're in the wind tunnel testing phase right now. It's like, what? Where is that thing? It's probably the stealth bomber, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. For Man. sure, that's what became the stealth bomber. When I lived in Burbank, one of those flew over my head, Dude. and I was like, what's happening? And then I, it was New Year's Day, and I realized the, it was a Rose Bowl The fucking Rose Bowl. The yeah. Rose Bowl that Iowa played at. I was at the Rose Bowl that Iowa played at against Stanford. Fuck Stanford, by the way. And a stealth bomber flew over, and I was like, wow, that I've never seen one of these in person before. We shouldn't have that. That shouldn't exist. I don't like that. No. <laughs> that's creepy. That is, that's alien stuff. 
That yeah. is a, you, you have alien stuff. There's like, a reason they hid it from us for so long. Yeah. And also like, so 47 was Roswell, right? Right. So, okay. Two year window after like, they've already got after 45, right? The Nazis were already like, they were pretty- close to production. Yeah. And that's, it's not like that's something that's said only in this newspaper article. Yeah. That's, that's been a, that's been a rumor for a long, long time. I, well, and just the, 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 the manpower and hours that Russia could have dedicated to this project. Two years is not a crazy window. No. I mean, it's ambitious, but it doesn't seem undoable given what we know about, you know, the way that the Soviet machine could run when it wanted to. And like, it, it's funny. You'll see in these documents at one point someone sends them a letter and is like, Hey, do you think UFOs like, is that maybe just a foreign government trying to fuck with us? And they write back and they're like, no country has the technology to be able to fly a plane here. It's like, damn, really? (laughs) And then you see other documents where they're like, well, it's acknowledged that Russia has the ability to fly here if they want to. And like, they're just telling people to obviously different things. Yeah. If you can believe that. Ah, I can. It took a minute, but I found my way to it. And so, yeah, when Russia stopped talking about UFOs in the state media, they thought it was because they were the ones doing it. And that's why that fucking one sentence in that one document is underlined. But they were also worried that they were somehow controlling or manipulating these sightings as a means of fooling the American public and causing chaos. Okay, now that's one of those things where it's like, all right, but like, why did you say it? <laughs> well, not just that. It's a convenient cover if maybe you want to start testing UFOs yep. for psychological warfare reasons. Well, yeah, and it's you're exact- like, Russia's doing it. We got to do it. Yeah, because it, it really is just like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing Russia did with their state media where it's like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Don't let anybody know what we got. Don't yeah. say it, don't say it, don't say it. And then here it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the direction it goes. Once that possibility is even suggested, we decide, yeah, we want to try and use these as a PSYOP also. And reminder, this is 1952 by this point where we make that decision. So within five years of seeing the first UFO, we were like, let's use those to fuck with people. Still no mention of aliens in any of this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well, that's the thing, right? Because it's not until... Later that we start seeing all of the like UFO movies and all of the aliens from outer space are behind flying saucers films. And it's almost kind of like, did somebody tell Hollywood to make these movies so that we wouldn't think that we were the ones building UFOs? Yeah, I mean, foreshadowing alert. But when we talk about Dr. Leon Davidson, that was his theory, was that the CIA created the UFO phenomenon for that very reason, so they could use it as psychological warfare against us, which that doesn't sound like the CIA at all. No, they don't do stuff like that. It's funny in the documents, too, where there's the one that's just like, well, we just need more resources to, to field these reports. And also, if they're real, maybe somebody should be looking into it intelligence-wise. And then immediately the next thing is like, oh, man, these could be used to cause mass hysteria and panic. <laughs> yeah. And then the CIA is like, shut up about it. Don't yeah. say we're involved. Don't it, it, it's, it's leave us like, out of it. It's sort of like the government, like, spook, spy culture version of, you know, the Spencers and Hot Topics executives going to, like, (laughs) punk shows to find out what the kids are into. Yeah. 
There's even a quote, right, in one of these that's like, it's a field already charged with partisanship in which objectivity had been overridden by numerous sensational writers. It's like they're they're kind of telegraphing there. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is a field where everybody's kind of crazy. So maybe that's a thing. Yeah. And it obviously partisanship means it divides people. And boy, do governments love dividing their populace in order to control them. Turns out they didn't need aliens to do it. They just needed fucking Rush Limbaugh, basically. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's three documents in particular that people should read. Actually, you only need to read one of them. The other two are kind of redundant, but they're all about this report that the CIA sent to the director of the Psychological Strategy Board about flying saucers. What is that? There are so many acronyms in here and so many, like I said, just proper nouns and offices. Like there's even what, like, right, there's the unidentified flying object section of the aircraft and propulsion branch of the technical analysis division (laughs) of the air technical intelligence center. And it's just like, wait, (laughs) that is a whole lot. That's so much. And that's not even, yeah, when you start saying things like psychological, strategic. Yeah, that's one of the creepy things about the CIA is it's so compartmentalized. Like, not only will they not tell us what they're doing, but if you're hanging out in the CIA cafeteria, they're not being buddy-buddy and telling each other what's going on in their respective departments. No, if you work there, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, like you you probably get get prison shanked if you ask someone what they're working (laughs) on. Yeah, probably someone who works at the CIA has been directed to kill someone else who works (laughs) at the CIA, like, from the next fucking cubicle like it's yeah what are you what are you here working on this is a pretty huge coincidence but shoots the guy in the face (laughs) that's what i was here for can you believe it that's for putting fish in the microwave (laughs) also in addition to it being my job (laughs) that is a pretty heinous transgression putting fish in the work microwave oh you're a monster yeah literally die so this is how right off the bat this is how this report that we sent to the psychological strategy board from the cia (laughs) this is how it kicks off i am today transmitting to the national security council a proposal in which it is concluded that the problems connected with unidentified flying objects appear to have implications for psychological warfare as well as for intelligence and operations that is signed by walter b smith who was the director of the cia at the time. Yeah, and that again, that's another one of those things where it's like, oh, that name. Okay, that's I mean, it's like you can maybe step back and say, well, it's the CIA, so literally everything they're going to talk about is going to have these implications, right? right. Like also it could just you never know. Like this could just be a guy being like, man, I haven't done a lot of work this week. If I don't come out with some report, they're going to yell at me. So, let me just see what I can bullshit, you know. And maybe it is a case of like Walter B. Smith 
just signs fucking everything there you know yeah. so maybe it doesn't mean anything but i don't know it feels like it does it's a 20 page memorandum exactly like, there's a lot of detail in it and some of those pages are duplicates but it's like 15 or 16 pages it's one of the longest documents in this thing mm-hmm. and it goes into a bunch of detail about how at the time our entire body of research into ufos consisted of a three-man department at the Air Force who was handling every call, every inquiry, every sighting. And the CIA was like, hey, we should be doing a little more than that. What do you think? Well, because, yeah, it's that division, right? That's just like the three people. Yeah. So they're like, we need to put more into this. We need a worldwide system. The Air Force. Yeah. And that's when the CIA in this report is like, you know, the Air Force is changing their process for this, but we feel like we should do it. Right. And even that guy that worked there, Ruppelt, was like, I don't think intelligence needs to have their hands on this. I think that this is an operations concern. The CIA was like, wait, no, give us that. Give me, give me, give me. And it's it's really interesting. We'll talk a little bit at the end of this about there's this 1953 report that comes out that the CIA ends up wanting part of it classified. And as that fight to get this one section of this report declassified carried on, eventually it was the Air Force who sued the CIA and was like, you have to declassify that. And they finally did. We'll talk about it. It is a creepy couple of lines of text. <laughs> yeah, I, I do kind of like that story, that tug of war where it's like, you know, it's just a handful of people at the Air Force are like, I don't know. I don't know if these guys should have this. Yeah, that when I first was reading through these, this is one of the things that anytime that report came up, I read all of whatever they were talking about. And that particular story, it plays out like a movie. Like there's characters who get involved and there's these moments where it seems like they're going to get it declassified and then they finally do. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah we won. All those people all are right. probably dead now. All right. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant. He's in the movie playing the guy that gets it declassified. Great. So it also talks a lot about something called phantoms, which are exactly what they sound like. Fake UFOs, be it a machine designed to act like a UFO that's really just something Russia built or things that are projected in the sky. And we were really interested in those. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that it could read like, eh, maybe they're just trying to say we need to separate the good reports from the bullshit. Or maybe they're trying to say like, hey... We should get some phantoms. Yeah, we were we were worried about them in one way or another because there is this quote from the recommendations in that memorandum taking immediate steps to improve identification of phantoms so that in the event of attack, instant and positive identification of enemy rockets or plans could be made. And that on its own is kind of like, well, it could be, you know, hey, we need to know, like, we can't be shooting at holograms. You know? Right. We, we, we want to know what the real thing is in because this will muddy the waters. But then the next thing. <laughs> but then there's also this line. Is this what you were talking about? Yes. In, as far yes. as what happens next. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's this line also about phantoms. And this is another of their suggestions. Determination of what, if any, utilization should be made of these phenomena by U.S. psychological warfare planners and what, if any, defenses should be planned in anticipation of Soviet attempts to utilize them. And they, they take it a little bit further and talk about 
all of the problems the intelligence community is facing at the time in regards to UFOs. And specifically, they were worried about their lack of knowledge in the following areas. Whether any of these phenomena are susceptible to control and can be thus used either for military or psychological offense or defense. Whether any are predictable and can thus be taken advantage of in military or psychological operations, the present level of Russian knowledge regarding these phenomena, possible Soviet intentions and capabilities to utilize these phenomena to the detriment of U.S. security interests. And the last one, the reasons for silence in the Soviet press regarding flying saucers. So why weren't flying saucers visiting Russia? Hmm. Yeah, it's funny because also none of these reports, as far as I know, mention War of the Worlds, which is like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a microcosmic case study, right? To a degree. Yeah, for sure. Like, it, you know, it didn't freak out the whole nation the way people think it did, but it was something. And, you know, this is, I, this is a good deal of time after that. But I'm going to make a bold statement here. If War of the Worlds happened today, more people would freak out than oh, yeah. did back then. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like yeah. these Midwest Bible thumpers get in their car to go to work in the morning and w- War of the Worlds is playing. They're going to yeah. fucking drive their car into a church <laughs> or something. I don't, know how, I don't know how that would play out. <laughs> Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. I'm coming. So this is a fascinating set of documents, Mm -hmm. and it really sheds a lot of light on how we initially responded to UFOs and what we were planning to do about it. And at various points, when it talks about the process we had in place at the time for documenting UFO sightings, they keep mentioning a questionnaire, and that questionnaire is in the files. There are two of them. There's one that's about what Air Force pilots should make note of when they spot a UFO. And there's one that's a set of guidelines for people who photograph UFOs. So I think people kind of have this, like at least really skeptical types, kind of have it in their mind that Roswell happened and then we found out it was a weather balloon and that was the beginning and end of the UFO story. And stuff like this proves that's not the case. Like the government's whipping up questionnaires for the Air Force and for budding photographers to get images of these things. We were legitimately interested, concerned. I don't know. One of those two. It's interesting because they are, you know, on the one hand, this is like you said on the CIA in the CIA park. They're all talking about, you know, the psychological warfare implications of this. The Air Force is like definitely more interested in like, all right, we need to know what's real and what's not. Like, that's what we care about here. So they're issuing like all of these you know, hey, if, you, if you're taking a picture, here's the rules. Here's how you submit. Here's the questions you want to think about and then submit to us. And that'll help us decide, you know, what's it, it's a filter. Yeah. Whereas this, it's almost like the CIA knows something that the Air Force doesn't. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the way that the way this progresses. That's either the CIA knew something all along or at some point they figured something out. Yeah. And they were like, all right, we're not talking about UFOs anymore. Yeah, and I just think with the number of Nazis working at the CIA, <laughs> even at this time. That's the thing. Like, are we pro- supposed to think these Nazis stopped being Nazis when they joined <laughs> the CIA? Of course not. They no. became Nazis that hate black people. That's all. Yeah, exactly. They it just became Nazis with a new frontier for their hatred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, oh, hey, we were getting bored of hating this group of people. Wow, there's so many more new ones to hate over here. I think, yeah. 
because the Nazis, like, look, they knew, you know, some of the people working there had to have known, you know, had to have had receipts on some of the stuff that was being built in their bases when the Soviets showed up. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they're not and they're going to be like, I don't tell the Air Force. Just let them. They're going to tell everybody. Just let them think that it's this other thing. And we got it. We know we know what it is. We know well, what here, it really is over here. And here's the thing. We're, we're talking about the CIA. So even that article that said the Soviets stole plans for UFOs from one single Nazi base, that could be an article we planted. Right. <laughs> because that it seems more likely that they would document that because like it's, it's like a murderer keeping trophies like they're going to keep a document of their success. And maybe that's what they were trying to do was convince <laughs> people this is Russia. Yeah, no, Russia. Russia's got them. We're, it's not us. It's not. Don't yeah. look at Area 51. It's not. That's not us. That's something yeah. else. That's why we need to look into it for psychological warfare reasons. Because Russia's doing it. Like, that's very, very possible. There's a really interesting passage way down on the 13th page of this report about how the Air Force group plotted a map of unexplained sightings. Yeah, yeah. And found that a lot of them happened around nuclear installations or strategic air command bases, which that's interesting. But then they also add a tag to it where they're like, but it could just be because people in those areas look at the sky more. It's like, oh, yeah. I guess. But I don't know that it's the unexplained ones that are all near nuclear sites and yeah. air command. That's weird. Yeah. The Air Force should have definitely been involved in this more because they were at the, the same time. They're this the is, Air Force and the things are in the air. Yeah. And at this time, <laughs> they were working on something called Project Lincoln, which yes. was our first ground based air defense system. So probably going to want to rope. Yeah, the well, FBI they, they, in on that. They even say that right in the report with the Air Force. They, I'm sorry, the, the Air Force report. They even say that where they're like, "Yeah, we kind of think that Project Lincoln should be in on this. We think that's probably where this information should go. Maybe that's where the reports should go." Yeah, I would agree. And then the CIA is like, "But yeah, but but people are uh, mentally conditioned to the acceptance of the incredible." So. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. We're going to do our thing. In this report also, it says uh, there have been 1,500 sightings since 1947, which I don't think that's how history tells it. I think I think we, we have heard about, what, like five or six from that time, but 1,500? 1,500. That's a whole lot. Yeah. And it was a craze. It was, it was sweeping the nation, all the rage. And in this official report, it says flying saucers pose two elements of danger, which have national security implications. The first involves mass psychological considerations, and the second concerns the vulnerability of the United States to air attack. And then there's another line about the psychological considerations. Here it goes. Let me know if you agree, Americans. A fair proportion of our population is mentally conditioned to the acceptance of the incredible. And man, I'm not comfortable hearing the CIA say that at all. No, no. Because again, Leon Davidson, the guy they're most interested in, was like, hey, 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 you're faking this. This isn't, this isn't real. And CIA was like, no, we're not. No, stop it. We mean? didn't do it. You did it. You did it. The Soviets got those we UFOs. We weren't doing anything. We don't even know any Nazis. <laughs> and yeah, that line is concerning because of what happens next. By 1953, there's an advisory panel 
that had put together a report about the concerns about UFOs and possible solutions called the Report of the Scientific Panel on Unidentified Flying Objects. Very on-the-nose title. And despite having a whole lot to say about the possible psychological warfare potential of UFOs, In 1952, by 1953, the CIA didn't want their name mentioned with this project in any way, shape, or form. And here's the thing. They sponsored it. It was the CIA's idea. And by the time that report came out, they were like, shh, don't tell anyone we care about UFOs. That's not not our kid. That's not our kid. Even with a lot of intelligence agencies, maybe one of them is the, maybe it's their kid. It's not us. We didn't do it. It's very suspicious. My name's Frankenstein. Doesn't mean that your kid who's named Frankenstein is my kid. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They also demanded that a couple of short passages be removed, but very important ones, specifically the conclusions stated in paragraph three and the recommendations in paragraph 4B. And we'll, on a future episode, get into the back and forth between them and the Air Force and (laughs) Leon Davidson to get this declassified. It carries on for years. Yeah. Years and years and years. But eventually those sections were declassified. And here's what they said. This is paragraph three. The panel further concludes that the continued emphasis on the reporting of these phenomena does in these perilous times result in a threat to the orderly functioning of the protective organs of the body politic. We cite as examples the clogging of channels of communication by irrelevant reports, the danger of being led by continued false alarms to ignore real indications of hostile tactics, and the cultivation of a national psychology in which skillful hostile propaganda could induce hysterical behavior and harmful distrust of duly constituted authority. I'm so glad nothing like that ever happened in the United States. That is a fucking slam poem. (laughs) It is. And it's also creepy how relevant it is to right now. Gosh, yeah, no, it's a good thing that this doesn't apply to us in 2021 at all. Yeah, like it it sounds like they're talking about social media. Yeah, this is basically literally this is a slam poem about Facebook. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're talking about fake news. They're talking about false claims clogging up the channels that you would use to call and say, hey, Russia's sending a bomb our way. And then there's paragraph 4B. Here that goes. The panel further concludes that the national security agencies institute policies on intelligence, training, and public education designed to prepare the material defenses and the morale of the country to recognize most promptly and to react most effectively to true indications of hostile intent or action. And the CIA was like, nope, we're not going to do that. Don't tell people that. Don't tell them anything about psychological warfare or being defrauded by fake UFOs. 
don't even put our name in this fucking thing. Yeah, and it's the fact that they wanted them classified that creates the suspicion. Because, exactly. again, on their face, these are things that are kind of like, well, yeah, sure. But if somebody's like, don't tell people that, it's like, wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? And why Why don't you want me to tell everyone that silver bullets kill werewolves? <laughs> Exactly. Why would you, that sounds like something a fucking werewolf would say. And like their argument for paragraph three was that, well, that's telling our enemies how they can attack us. And that I kind of buy. But the thing about what are you faxing this report directly to the Russians? <laughs> exactly. But the thing about not telling the public or like giving the public some training on spotting fake UFOs, that's highly suspicious that they wanted that taken out. Yeah. And it ends up being the thing that that Leon Davidson guy is most suspicious about. That's why he wanted this thing declassified, because he was like, CIA is faking this. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. No, the plot thickens. So, yeah, it'll seem even more suspicious when we get into Dr. Leon Davidson on the next episode. Yeah, because Uh, there's no other reason why they wouldn't want that said unless, you know, just like logically. Yeah. I mentioned this on the Unpops episode also, but that idea that at some point the United States is going to pull like a fake alien invasion to institute a one world government, that is the heart of the new world order conspiracy. Like that part where they project the thing into the sky uh, in conspiracy theory circles, it's called project blue beam. Mm -hmm. And I read a, (laughs) there's a free 32 page book on Amazon. One of the most underrated sites for like, no one ever is like, did you see this fucking conspiracy documentary on Amazon? Like, no one is ever worried about the shit Amazon posts, and it's some of the craziest, craziest shit. But uh, this was a book. It was 32 pages. No sources. Didn't cite anything. It read like a manifesto about the New World Order. And here's the thing. I kind of feel like that's the best source. So (laughs) at some point, we probably will dive into that book also because it all i feel like that's kind of what this is all building up to is at least to some extent is people thinking the cia is faking all this which the the end of Watchmen again but it also you always hear that thing where they're like yeah they want you to think the cia is faking this or is doing this to pull off some massive fraud when really we're just working with weapons the likes of which would shatter your belief in god if you knew they existed (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you go think the CIA is doing this for jollies. Yeah, I don't know. It's always, right? There's always the like, oh, man, that's the cover up. With this kind of stuff, you kind of can't win because it's always just going to be, oh, that thing you think, that's the false flag. That's the, what they want you to think. It's actually even crazier until it's like, what? Okay, interdimensional, interdimensional also- versions of ourselves from a future timeline are doing this. And it's not because of any kind of like investment in world domination or world salvation. It's just how they entertain themselves. It's a prank show for a future timeline. That's all it is. It's also one of those conspiracy theories that true or not, like if it's true, 
That's just the world we're living in. And that's that's where we're fucking headed. I mean, like we are not. That's why when people are like, oh, are you worried the CIA is going to kill you? Fuck no. They know, like, what's going to happen? I'm going to stop the New World Order with this fucking podcast? Yeah, right. Of that's, course not. Anytime the, wor- the term New World Order enters into a conversation like this, it's like, I just have to throw my hands up and be like, okay, well, I guess what are we going to do about it? Literally nothing. Do you have alien weaponry in your basement that you can use to go on some crazy fucking mission? What You can't stop it. Like, if they're going to do a new world order, they're going to do a new world order. And hey, that's the way it is. Here's I- the thing. People aren't going to like this, especially not conspiracy theory types. But if I was alive when this happened and I know everything I know about conspiracy theories, I'd be a little proud. <laughs> like, I would be like, fucking A, they did did it can't like yeah i believe whatever i'll take your newfangled religion what the fuck ever sure yeah look if you're gonna put the chip in i want it on my right side yeah because i sleep on my left side sometimes and it's you know i feel like it's close to the heart and i just like i feel like it'll mess up my my chip reception so uh, just right behind the right ear if you could if that's where the chip's going if you follow the timeline you'll have the chip before that happens because that's how the voice of the projection will sound in your head Andy. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Can I get my chip in a, like, I want a satanic flavor to it. So like, could you put a little 666 on it? Like, I know no one's going to see it, but I just like to know it's there just for, for giggles. Yeah. I want mine like on my forehead. So it's noticeable. Like you can see it under the skin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially so. if it glows, if it glows, I want it dead oh, center. Well, yeah. I mean, I what's, get, yeah. what's that? It's my <laughs> third eye. Give me some baby. William Gibson fashion shit. I want some, I want, <laughs> yeah, I want a literal third eye. I don't care if it's cybernetic. Give it to me. But I, yeah, like if this is one of those, like the new world order. If you, if you think you're dedicating your life to fighting the new world order, I guarantee what you're dedicating your life to is being tracked by the government on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> Like that's all that's all you're yeah. doing all in your, your fucking new world order message boards. Yeah, you're, you you're, are you are the radical element. Your big accomplishment is going to be getting hassled at the airport anytime you want to fly to a convention. Congrats. <laughs> but it's but it's fun to talk about. No, it is fun to talk about. It's always fun to talk about. I like it is it's I, I hate that I'm this cynical, but it's like a prestige TV show, like reading these documents. It's I feel like I'm watching yeah. Mad Men, you know? Yeah, it 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 really is a, a snapshot in time. Even yeah. the stuff in the 90s when we like the entire country, like we didn't have any enemies. So so we, we went back to aliens again for a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, not even that. All of the CIA files in the 90s are just like reports about what's on local television in different areas. And then occasionally there will be a UFO report. So that's where our UFO research was by the 90s. We were watching television. Or occasionally some civil war they're stoking in the Balkans or something. Yeah. One that we probably caused with a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Harp. Actually, it's Dracula related. All of our Balkan CIA missions were were Dracula related. No UFOs. They've they've seen UFOs there. It's not they're not impressed by it anymore. But vampires, they still that that cuts deep over there. So also, Harp is how they're going to do the projection in the sky. In case you were wondering, what which is- Harp is Harp is very weird. It's this array of like telescopes. Oh. Or not not telescopes. No. What are they? They're like lasers. They're they lasers. can shoot yeah. energy into the ionosphere. And they're based on this patent that if that patent works, you can control the weather with it. Like scientists have looked at it and been like, fuck, 
this would work, but it requires that the beam be really centralized. And there's this CBC in Canada is super into conspiracy theories, and they have a whole episode about HARP, and they're interviewing this government agent, some like from some U.S. intelligence agency, and he's being so smug and like cagey about answering shit. And at one point, she's like, well, if this patent works the way it says it does, it would control the weather. And the guy goes, yeah, but in the patent, it says you have to focus the beams. And this woman pulls out a harp training manual and flips it open and goes, it says right here that you can focus the beam. And the guy just smiles at her and shrugs. Well, what do you want? Yeah, you you got me. Now, what are you going to do about it? We will send a signal to destroy your home up to the ionosphere. (laughs) Fucking try us. Yeah, have fun getting fried from space today, idiot. And there is, when I did, we did an episode about harp. I had to use the Wayback Machine, but there was a point on the harp website where it said that we were using it for defense purposes also. And then that eventually got that part got scrubbed from the website. Well, that's how we killed. And they were Galactus. like, it's for weather. That's how we killed Galactus when he came to eat the plant. Don't you remember that? Like 1990. Gosh, I'm trying to remember if it was before or after the Macarena. I think that's it was, right. I think it broke it was, up in the atmosphere when it, it tried 96. to come through. Yeah. So Galactus was going to eat the planet and they used harp to kill him. Right. But that's why Fukushima happened also. Oh, right. yeah, for sure. And you I mean, take the good with the bad butterfly effect. You, you keep digging, right? You keep peeling back the layers of this onion pretty soon. Courtney Love, it, we get Courtney every, it all goes back every time. Yeah, I, these documents are interesting and I, I need to spend more time with them because, again, the first one I read, I read a few of them in their entirety. I mean, obviously not the ones that are redacted to shit. Right. No, everyone that read those are dead. But yeah, that first one, it's just, it kind of like paints this sort of like, well, we need to put more resources into figuring this out because if these things are real, we need to be ready for them and figure them out. And even if they're not real, they freak people out and someone could use that to do some bad shit, maybe. And then the CIA (laughs) documents are like, hey, what was that bad shit that we could do? Because we want to do it. And then a year later, they're like, don't tell anyone we care about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll get you. We'll get you. I should mention the source of these documents. I mean, obviously, it's the CIA, but also there's a website called theblackvault.com. And if you look at these documents, you'll know it's from theblackvault.com because their website image is plastered at the bottom of a bunch of them. Thanks to them for putting this out in a way that people can just access it and download it. And we'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. So you can go read 2700 CIA files about UFOs. And Andy, do you know what else they have? What? The FBI's paranormal files. Ooh. We should probably talk about those oh, at some yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. That is exciting. I wanted Ed and Lorraine Warren were, were fucking FBI agents. Oh, probably. I don't know if that's I don't even know if that's a theory, but I'm it sounds fun, so I'm saying it. They were a problem of some sort. They were I mean, they're the fucking worst. They were the <laughs> they fucking sure worst. Were. They were awful, and, horrible, evil people. And, and it, so are the conjuring movies. Yeah, I mean they're also the worst. I love the first conjuring movie, but we really need to we really need to get rid of them in the horror genre. They are a problem. We need to yeah. we need to be done with the Warrens. It's not cool to make them look cool. I get it. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are hot. I get it. Have them play somebody else. The fucking Warrens were trash. They sure were. But Besides I do want to see if the FBI has a report on Amityville. Yeah, yeah. That would be fascinating. 
private unlisted YouTube videos? Oh, I got to go check that out. Well, what? Through the Freedom of Information Act, they have private unlisted YouTube videos. Mm, too hot for the internet. <laughs> oh God, I don't think I want to see anything that's quote unquote yeah. too hot for the internet. So yeah, thank you to the Black Vault for compiling all this in a way people can access it. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here, Andy? I, I don't know. I don't know if we do. Do we? We may or may not have a new season of the music uh, podcast coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a new season of the music pod about Steve Earle. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. That's like the seventh choice we've made, I think. We yeah, we, we really went back and forth because we were going to do Marilyn Manson, and it turns out he's scum, yeah. so we can't really yeah. do that. There were a number of acts that we talked about but i'm i'm excited for steve earl i i'm just, yeah he's interesting yeah he is he's a character he sure is oh well he's literally a character on treme and the wire i mean not he's an actor on those shows playing a different character right but you know what i mean i've never seen treme but he is bubbles aa sponsor on the wire he's he's good in treme he's not i don't want to spoil anything but he's not in a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, does um, he get abducted by aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they crazy. used harp to make Katrina happen. <laughs> that is a rumor, Andy. That is a rumor. I mean, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to plug. I've got new episodes of Ghoul School on the way. Uh, I have a new podcast on the way called Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Look Good Number Four Boys. That's our Twitter. I I think our Instagram is just Look Good for the Boys. I don't know. I'm not in charge of our social media, <laughs> but that's coming. New episodes of Ghoul School are coming. Yeah. Nothing other than that to plug. Except I'm fully vaxxed now and just in time to see the new Saw movie in the theater. Oh, that's right. And yeah. I am probably going to cry during it, which is going to be fun. Yeah. I cried when I saw In the Earth in theaters, but not for the same reason <laughs> you're going to cry when you see the new Saw movie. Oh, God. I was, I was so excited for that, too. Did you? Are, are you still haven't seen it? Seen it? No, because you told me it, what you thought of it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to pay for it now. <laughs> Yeah, it's the mist x the happening. Ugh, gross. But, but if the if the happening wasn't funny, I don't even which, think the happening's funny. <laughs> the happening is one of the best unintentional comedies. I mean, there okay, there's some funny shit in it. That's true. As far as my plugs, we're gonna be changing the Patreon and Supercast levels soon. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to streamline things a little bit because I got a lot of fucking shows. I can't do them all at once. So be on the lookout for that. I'm launching a sub stack soon so you can give me money to write and help me pay off my massive tax debt. That will be called Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Friends. <laughs> it's already out there. You can go sign up for it. I just haven't written anything yet. So, But uh, you'll know when I do, and then you'll be able to start funneling funds in my direction in exchange for articles and things. I'm not going to take a second job and not get paid for it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, can, for sure. No, why would you? No, no. And I think that's it. Yeah. Should we get out of here? I don't, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I don't have anything to do. If you want to just like I'm, hang out here for a little bit. I'm going to stare at the sky for four hours oh, hell and yeah. just see what, see what comes by, you know? I'm going to listen to Extraterrestrial Intelligence by Blue Oyster Cult I got stare this. stare at the sky. We got these questionnaires now. Oh, we wow. We should fill those out. Be on the ready, fill them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get ready to watch some, I don't know, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> talk right now let's get out of here andy say goodbye 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 everybody we love you 